Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023. I am Dave Bryan from SteelersDepot.com. It is Thursday, August the 3rd. It really is Thursday uh, today. I think yesterday I said it was Thursday and it was Wednesday. That's how these days are running together uh, on us. But it is Thursday, August the 3rd. The Steelers wrapped up their seventh training camp practice uh, of 2023 earlier in the day and as usual with me tonight to discuss what he saw out there at St. Vincent College in Latrobe is Alex Gazora. Alex, I got my days right this this mm-hmm. time. Happy Thursday to you. We're off to a good start. Happy Thursday day. Football is back. Hall of Fame game. It may be just the Browns, but football is back and a lighter practice at St. Vincent getting ready for the Friday night lights, which finally returns has not occurred since 2019. So bit of a quieter day to day, but the rookies at the end, especially made things pretty loud. All right. That's a, that's, that's quite a segue there. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty though, how about a shout out for Lynn Testa and the fine folks over at touring plans. Absolutely. Touring plans and Lentesta have been a longtime sponsor of our training camp coverage. You see the uh, the blurb at the top of every single training camp diary, including the one that just went up a short time ago on the website. If you want to visit them for customized touring plans for Disney's best rides, honest restaurant reviews, how to save on Disney tickets, the best hotel rooms to ask for, and so much more, go to touringplans.com. Tell them Steelers Depot sent you. And again, we thank Touring Plans and Lentesta for their continued support of our Steelers training camp coverage. Absolutely. We do. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get into the housekeeping. Uh, a lot of guys did not practice today. Some rest, a few injuries. There were no transactions uh, earlier in the day. I can report though, that as expected, Alfonso Graham cleared waivers on Thursday. He reverted to uh, the reserve injured list, just like I thought would happen on a split salary. But uh, other than the team bringing in a handful of uh, about five defensive backs for workouts, uh, there were no transactions to report. So walk us through the health of the team, uh, Alex. Mike Tomlin said no new injuries uh, today, so at least that's good. But uh, go over to people that did not work. Sure. And the team, by the way, not in pads today, like I mentioned earlier. So it made it a little bit tougher to judge initially, but we have a good lay of the land, not practicing uh, today for rest reasons, just veterans uh, day off included Cam Hayward. T.J. Watt, Patrick Peterson, Isaac Say Malu, Deontay Johnson, and Allen Robinson. Minka Fitzpatrick personal was not on the field. DeMonte Casey remains out with his left ankle. Keanu Neal, who was hurt in yesterday's practice, did not participate at all today, although he walked around fine without any visible sign of injury. DeMarvin Leal did not work after tweaking his left ankle yesterday. Had a big, not a big, but had an ace bandage on that uh, left ankle leg area Alandon Roberts was limited he was in uh, he was dressed but did not work in team and John Lovett uh, returned for practice after missing today or missing yesterday I should say for an unknown reason okay uh 
this, you know, I don't want it. We'll go over the other defensive backs and people that they brought in for a visit, you know, on, on, on the Friday morning podcast, I think, because we'll have plenty of time to talk uh, there about some things. But the fact that they are bringing in that many defensive backs, I think a few of those, uh, most of those are safeties. Uh, that's because you've got three, three safeties. It looks like sideline right now. I would imagine they're going to sign one of those guys uh, prior to the Friday night lights practice, maybe even two of them uh, because, you know, to, 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 to get through uh, the practice, those lines are are super short now at the safety position. But we'll uh, we'll start first, uh, as you may, as, as you said at the top there. Today was today was kids' day, right? <laughs> yes, yes, it uh, was. Um, no, no, go ahead. I uh, just uh, you know they, you got a good look at the younger guys uh, on the roster there, and I guess we'll start with uh, the offensive line. I, Isaac Sayamalo not in there. Give us a rundown of how the lines went, and who, what flipping and flopping, and all like that occurred. Yeah, generally speaking today, and there was some flip-flopping, it was more Herbig, Cole, Daniels, a core for uh, Nate Herbig getting a lot of second-team center reps. There was some first-team left guard rotation between Dotson and Nate Herbig. Kendrick Green working a lot of third-team center today because of, uh, uh, excuse me, Herbig working at second-team. Ryan McCollum was flipping between left guard and center. Don't believe Spencer Anderson had any other reps besides right tackle. I think even Kevin Dotson got a right guard snap or two today. So kind of interesting there. That's his old home in college and uh, in his rookie season partially. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, it's still and occasionally Chuck Wuma core four came out late in team periods. So the more could flip the right tackle and Broderick Jones would get a snap or two with the ones at left tackle. So it's hard to really give a black and white answer. There was a, a fair amount of flip flopping. Uh, you know, talking about that center position and 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 Nate Herbig, <laughs> that's it, it's starting to feel more and more like that's the way it's going to go with him and potentially being the backup center. And and that aside, you had talked about Jimmy Morrissey quite a bit, who who's on the Houston's uh, mm-hmm. uh, Houston Texans roster. Well, they just lost Quizen, uh, uh, what's his name, Quisenberry. Yeah, Scott, uh, Scott Quisenberry. Yeah, to a uh, to an ACL injury, and so. You know, they're probably they might have to hold on to him now because because I just and I think there's been another center or two around the league hurt as well, too. And just looking at the roster several weeks ago when we talked about it, didn't look like a lot of great, you know, guys that you'd be falling all over yourself to go get. So it'll be interesting to watch what happens with Herbig uh, the rest of the way. But it's, I'm starting to get the feel from you that they really are grooming him to potentially be that backup center. That's my feel of it as well. And I'll have to see exactly how he snaps, you know, effectively in the preseason, but I guarantee you he's going to get action and they will be given essentially every opportunity to become this team's backup center as well. All right. Without pads on, you probably didn't learn a lot about individual play or no. Correct. I don't have a whole lot of information there on a pretty light day. My only note was on her, but continuing to get those center reps. So beyond that, I have really little information in terms of uh, the actual evaluation of that group. All right, let's go to running backs now. Uh, Darius Hagens, I think, has been babysitting a ball lately, hasn't he? Yeah, try to open a Gatorade with a football in your hand. That was Darius Hagens trying to do that today. So came down the stairs after fumbling three times the last two practices, holding a football, getting the old Jalen Warren treatment that Warren got uh, last year, although Hagens' fumbles have been, I think, more consistent and and more severe. Um, Don't have a ton of notes here on the actual group because of, again, the non-contact nature of today. Anthony McFarland continues to catch the ball well, get pony reps. I don't know if this guy's dropped a pass at all uh, this summer so far. So uh, he continues to to do what he needs to to, uh, to do. 
All right, uh, we'll move uh, to the wide receiver position. And with, uh, I think, Deontay uh, sideline and, and, and Allen Robinson uh, resting as well, too. Uh, you got to look at some of those younger receivers today. Sure. A lot of first-team reps are Cody White and Calvin Austin with uh, Johnson and Robinson resting. George Pickens still going through the paces and was was fine today. Had a touchdown in seven shots. Uh, I thought Miles Boykin made some plays, and there were some that were contested and, and broken up, and even one that he caught that was ruled out of bounds, but it was a really good full extension grab, and it was actually caught, just didn't get both feet down uh, evidently, but he's been more active in the passing game the last two days, in part due to some of these receivers um, not practicing. On the negative side, Dan Chisena had a, a fumble um, in team, and then later in that team period could not come down with a deep post route that was broken up well by Montre Harper. We'll talk about him here in a moment. So Chisena, a guy that's not gotten a ton of chances so far, actually pretty seldom in terms of targets, um, did not really make the most of them today, although to his credit, he did have one nice catch along the left sideline for an 18-yard gain. So it's kind of a mixed bag, but there were some chances I think he'd like to have back. And Hakeem Butler, uh, he is who we thought he was, right? Right. He's got size and his hands are questionable. And that's been the book on Butler since coming out of the uh, coming out of Iowa State and into the NFL. That's why he struggled so much uh, in his first stint uh, in the NFL. And you're seeing some of these drops as well. There was one drop in seven on seven today. And I understand receivers drop passes. Everybody does it. But for a guy like Butler, there's less margin of error. He's got the history. Mike Tomlin getting on him uh, today about that. And so routine plays routinely. That was the message from Mike Tomlin. And Hakeem Butler better heed that if he wants to make this team. Any noise out of Jordan Bird, uh, the little receiver out of uh, San Diego State today? Nah, he's a Jet guy. He got punt return work. I mean, he'll do some returns uh, this preseason, but barring him just looking phenomenal with probably two runbacks for touchdowns, I think his path to make it, even a practice squad, is going to be pretty challenging. All right, let's move to tight ends and uh, a Mount Washington sighting in Latrobe. Yeah, uh, there was a there, there was a seismic shift as, as Washington <laughs> rumbled down the field in in uh, two minute there, and I, I think the refs technically called them down. It was a nice uh, scene ball from Trubisky to Washington in two minute from twenty one yards out. No one's tackling Darnell Washington short of the the, the goal line there. Um, I don't care what the situation was. I believe Mike Tomlin said they gave him he, the touchdown he, there. He overruled it. <laughs> he overruled it, yeah. And and I will overrule it as well because uh, Washington would have sco- scored there. So a couple of catches today. And uh, again, he's really... Uh, the play's not been perfect. I, I, again, I think that maybe some of the other reports aren't focusing on some of the things he still has to work on, consistency blocking, but you're seeing progression. He is getting better. The pads have come on, and you're seeing why this team drafted Darnell Washington. This is gearing up for a fun night for him Friday night, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I, I think there will be some up, some ups and downs. I don't think it's going to be this incredible game from him, although who the heck knows what's going to happen. I think he'll have some low moments, but as long as he continues to get better, he's a guy that will hopefully maybe on a slower ascension, but will slowly get better over time and work on his technique and you know just trying to work on coordination, but um, certainly capable of making the really fascinating play. All right. Uh, anything else uh, outside of move before we move to quarterback here? Connor Hayward, really good catch in two minutes. Uh, he, he just has a knack for making those high catches over his head to twist and turn and spin and come down with the football and did that on a high throw from Mitch Trubisky. So he's just that, this guy that just has a really good pair of hands. All right, let's move over to quarterback. Don't think people are going to love what I have to say here with Kenny Pickett. And it can be, we're at the point where days start to blend together. 
but I would probably say this was Kenny Pickett's worst day. Uh, they didn't produce in seven shots. That's not all his fault. There were some good plays by the DBs, and Pickett did have one nice hitch in the pocket and touchdown to George Pickens, but still offense could not produce. Uh, he had one miss in team to George Pickens on a curl that should have been hit, just kind of one of those routine plays that we just talked about with Hakeem Butler, and then, of course, got picked by Joey Porter Jr., in the two minute drill. So from an evaluation standpoint and just a pass fail, did you produce in the situations that you're tasked to produce in seven shots, two minute uh, Kenny Pickett in this offense did not. And so I'm not trying to kill the guy, but I don't think it was a very good practice overall for Kenny Pickett. What, what did you see on that play uh, uh, to, uh, at the end in the two minute drill on, on the, the pick, the, the, port, the Porter pick? Yeah, um, it was a curl or comeback right side to Cody White and Porter closed. And as they say, click and close. So you come out of your pedal, you drive on the football, stepped in front, made a diving catch. And right before that play, I think it was Cam Hayward from the the sideline on his off day said something to the effect of don't let them have the sideline because they're working two minutes. Obviously they're trying to get the sideline. And that probably was a little nugget to Joey Porter jr. To not let them have that sideline throw, which they were trying to accomplish to get out of bounds. And so that was probably the calculation that Porter made and, and it was an outstanding play. So it wasn't necessarily a bad throw from Pickett. It maybe would have been a touch late. It's hard to tell. It was probably a better play by Porter than a bad throw by Pickett, but still, a pick is a pick, and you can't have that there as the offense. All right. Uh, what are you not seeing out of Pickett that you hope to see out of Pickett at this point, seven practices in? Well, I don't know if there's one thing, and I'm just talking more about today in terms of the negativity than more broadly speaking. I still am looking for some of the short area accuracy on those curls, on those crossers, um, on the throws to the sideline to kind of lead guys in front and not have people twist back for the ball. I don't know if that's been a horrible thing that he's done so far, but I probably want to see some more out of him. And I understand not going to always be perfect. It's camp. You're kind of working some things out. But I just thought today in terms of, you know, did you succeed? Did you put the ball in the end zone? kind of stuff. And then even on some of the other throws, again, that missed to, to George Pickens where, you know, Pickett was just a little bit off today. All right. Well, hopefully Friday night lights uh, will, will produce better results for him there. What about the the, uh, the rest of the quarterbacks? Yeah. I don't think I have a whole lot on Rudolph. Um, Trubisky, I thought had, it, you know, shows good touch on, on those downfield throws. I thought he was, you know, generally fine today. Just to go back to Pickett, I was thinking about seven on seven and it's not really a true football environment, but I thought he was a little checked down happy. There was one play, and and I know the quarterback progression is hard to uh to to you know judge, and we can all play armchair quarterback from the sideline. But there was one play where he had a check down where Boykin got open that down the left sideline should have been a big play, and I thought Pickett just missed it. So just one other minor note there. Um, I thought you know Trubisky was was fine, and Rudolph was nondescript. All right, uh, I think that wraps up the offensive side of the football. How about uh, you saw a little bit of a uh, 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 pistol today, right? Just, I don't think I saw it in team. I saw it in the individual skeleton okay. stuff, which usually means they're going to work on it in team, but I don't recall them actually doing it today. They've run pistol a couple times, um, but not uh, not today in, in the team period that I uh, witnessed. All right. Uh, defensive side of football and obviously no pads, so probably not a ton to talk about. And, you know, didn't have Cameron Hayward in there uh, uh, today, but talk, talk about, you know, some of the things that maybe stuck out on defensive line or some rotations. Yeah, there's actually a couple of notes here, despite them not being in pads today. Keanu Benton having that pass back down up Trubisky in two minutes. So again, rookies making plays in that environment. Porter with the pick. 
Washington with the touchdown, Benton with the the bat down, all high impact plays there. Uh, Larry Okunjobi seemed to have a good day, especially in run session. Although again, harder to judge that environment when Travis Adams getting extra sub package D tackle reps opposite of Okunjobi with Kim Hayward having the day off. I think he's had Adams has had a couple of good practices. Here's one that I I didn't tweet. It's in my report, kind of buried in there. Uh, kind of two notes on this. One, Isaiah Latimer was playing some true stand-up outside linebacker today mm. late in the team period. And then there was one play where they had a true kind of 4-3 front with Herbig with his hand down and then three down linemen. Not even necessarily the over fronts that Pittsburgh's run in the past. It kind of felt like a true 4-3 look there. And then the play after Latimer stood up and went uh, over and outside the shoulder of the left tackle. So that one kind of was not on my bingo card. That one caught me by surprise. All right, uh, we'll move to outside linebacker. And look, we've talked a lot about uh, Herbig so far, but one guy we haven't really talked a lot about is Marcus Golden. You know, we're on the same page. I wrote 54 in my notes here to talk about him. And unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot to say. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't think his impact has been all that noticeable, although he's a veteran with a resume and doesn't have the unknownness to him that a Nick Herbig does where you're kind of really you know, uh, looking for information on Nick Herbig. But I think uh, Golden has been relatively quiet. Um, he and Herbig rotated rotated in with the ones today with TJ Watt getting the day off. Um, but I don't have a whole lot on Golden and take that whatever it's worth. All right. I wonder how much he plays, if any, in that first preseason game. Nah, I think, he, I mean, three preseason games, I think he'll get some reps in. Obviously, you wouldn't expect Watt or Highsmith to play, so just for some bodies and, and all that. Um I think that Golden will get maybe 10 or so snaps. Who is uh, someone else down that outside linebacker depth chart we haven't talked about? Uh, Roche uh, and Nduque. We've talked a little bit about Nduque, Mm -hmm. right? A little bit. What about Roche? Yeah, he's been pretty quiet as well. I don't have a whole lot of notes on him. He's been working right outside linebacker, kind of third team. I do have a note on Nduque. I think he's... um, He's, he's coachable from what I can tell. Uh, he got pancake yesterday and coaches praised him for setting the edge in, in the run period uh, today. And then there was one play in seven on seven where, you know, obviously if you're an outside linebacker rushing is pointless. And so you do a lot of dropping in the coverage into your curl hook zone. And on one rep, uh, Denzel Martin, the outside linebackers coach kind of got on in Duke way for not getting enough depth and kind of was too shallow. And then a player two later, you saw in Duke way get more depth and take away that curl hook zone forced to throw into the flat to Connor Hayward and Duque came down and made the tag on Hayward and, and Denzel Martin was really happy to see that and really praised and Duque for, you know, taking away the vertical force to throw to the flat and then drive to the flat. So they can Duque is a rookie making some rookie mistakes, but he seems to not make the same mistake twice, which is the important thing for any rookie. All right. Uh, we'll move uh, inside the inside linebacker. A lot of first team reps from Mark Robinson. I think he basically had all of them with uh, Landon Roberts limited today. And, and Roberts may be related to that injury that he had two days ago, whatever it was. Don't have a whole lot of notes here on the play of the group overall. Um, I'm trying to think here. I think go they're ahead. gearing up for backs on backers, right? Uh, yeah, true. On, on Friday night, I would imagine. It's pretty close together, I guess, because they just did it on Tuesday. But yeah, Friday's always backs on backers, so they should bring that one back. Um, so probably more to report there tomorrow. All right. Probably probably going to line up uh, Robinson against quite a few of them guys, uh, I, I would think, uh, on Friday night there. All right. Uh, what, what do you have at uh, cornerback? 
Really you know, eventful. And, and I want to make sure mm-hmm. I meant to ask you about James Pierre last night. We didn't, and I got you to write about him. Uh, well, really, the you know on the heels of the Trice injury, you know who who benefits the most from that. You had a great article on Steeders Depot this morning about that. But I wanted to make sure we talked a little bit about James Pierre because it's uh, it's one of the corners that we really haven't talked a lot about. Now with Corey Trice on on IR, it really feels like you know James Pierre pretty close to having his name written in pen, doesn't it? It, it? It's maybe trending that way. And it's funny because we were talking about that. And then I thought James Pierre had his most notable and probably his best day of, of camp today, multiple breakups, one on Boykin along the sideline, one on a whole shot from Trubisky intended for Des Fitzpatrick. Great job by Pierre. He's playing cover two, nothing in the flat, gets step, makes a, a diving play to take the football uh, away to, to bat it down. And so I thought Pierre was making some plays in coverage. Really hadn't been thrown at, hadn't been super tested so far in camp that I could tell so far, but I thought a good day for him. One other name, uh, one other name that I wrote in that article of like, you know, options to replace Trice or guys whose roster calculation may change in some way was Madre Harper, a really interesting guy. Dude, 6'2", 200 pounds, almost 34-inch arms. Kind of has a Porter-type build, maybe not as thick and, and, and muscled up as Porter, um, but but a similar build. And then Harper made some big-time plays today. Had a forced fumble on Dan Chisena, and then later in that team period, it was a post route, middle of the field open. It's one-on-one Harper versus Chisena, and Chisena almost had it, but Harper, I think, punched it from behind and popped the ball up and out. And so you saw Harper's length and size he was making some big plays today. So I thought the corners with uh, with him, with Porter, the pick, obviously, Pierre, even Chris Wilcox. Don't talk about him too much. Had a breakup on Calvin Austin on a slant in seven shots. And so it's a, it, to me, the, the corners were winning today. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Porter because it feels like today was Joey, Joey Porter Day. And I think Mike Tomlin kind of went out of his way with kind of some of the vocalization on the field and obviously talk about Porter uh, after practice and, you know, Patrick Peterson uh, with uh, in the podcast with Bryant McFadden really praised uh, Joey Porter Jr. And I think one, uh, one other takeaway that I have from, from the outside of not being there is the fact that here we are in the middle of the dog days, uh, right slap dab in the middle of, of, of training camp now. And some of these rookies are, you know, it's, it's probably wearing on them a little bit to some degree and and here you have Joey Porter probably having you know I, I would I would I would assume his best practice if not one of his better practices of training camp I think it was up there I think he's been pretty consistent and steady and that can be tough for a corner much less a rookie one like him um, yeah it wasn't even just the interception although that was a great it's not even the actual pick but this being cerebral and cognizant of the moment again two minute drill they want to work sidelines and then the drive in the on the football and have the confidence to drive on the football. Let's go make a play, not just try to tag the guy, break it up. Let's go take the ball away and, and shut down this two minute drill, which Porter did. But there's, there's been some good battles with him and George Pickens. There was one, I think it was, I forget if it was seven on seven or team. I want to say seven on seven and uh deep ball, right side Porter batted it up and then Pickens caught it on the way down. But I think he was out of bounds. I believe the reps ruled him that way. So Again, just watching those really fun matchups between Joey Porter Jr. and George Pickens. But yeah, I think Porter's been consistent. And, you know, yesterday I kind of had the feeling for the first time, based on what's happened in camp so far, that Broderick Jones may have a real shot to be the week one starting left tackle. Not predicting that, but that was the first time I watching practice went, okay, this guy really might be able to do it. Today with Joey Porter, I'm kind of feeling like my, my initial thought with Porter before camp was, okay, Porter will come in. He won't play in base. He'll come in and nickel, and then Peterson will kick inside. 
now I'm beginning to think that Porter will be a base corner and Levi Wallace will come on in sub packages and, and Peterson will then kick inside. I'm starting to to lean that way because I think Porter's wow. making so many plays. It might be hard to leave this guy off the field for base packages. All right. That's an interesting development. We'll see how the rest of camp and the preseason obviously uh, pans out there. Any any update on the slot corner position? It was first team today, Elijah Riley, followed by Chandon Sullivan, and then Duke Dawson getting a couple of snaps there in the slot. Um, you know, Riley's been active. He's high energy, can play special teams. Don't have a lot of notes in terms of how those guys did overall, but I think Riley's a good downhill guy with some size and some power. You know, I guess uh, Terrell Austin tried to tell us, right, about uh, Riley. And sometimes we, or at least I selectively like to ignore some things that the coaches <laughs> try to tell us. And I, uh, I'm i starting to feel like in that situation with Riley, I did because he named them off along with what he said. He named what, Chandon, Duke Dawson, and Elijah Riley, didn't he? I think so. The problem is they've named so many guys and they right. rotated so many people in that, you know, they've had, again, five you know, legitimately five people work a ton at slot corner this year. But yeah, I think Riley's going to have a case to make us that early rundown type of corner. And then Peterson will bump inside and third down obvious pass situations. All right. That'll be interesting to, to, to watch that play out the rest of the way. Okay. Safety. <laughs> not, there's not a lot of to talk <laughs> about, so it shouldn't take you too terribly long to recap all of it's a short list, but a couple things to mention here. Kenny Robinson, good contest. He's he's a leaper. He's an athlete. And and apparently, and I wasn't close enough to hear it, but reading some of the reports, he was chirping too much and got flagged for taunting or whatever, but a, a great contest and breakup and seven shots on. I always get it mixed up. I say that all the time, but I believe it was Fitzpatrick. That's Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver. And then Trey Norwood making plays, had a breakup on Pat Fryermuth in seven shots and had a breakup on George Pickens on a shallow cross in team period. So Norwood, I think, has had a really strong camp overall. And if he keeps playing like this, they're going to have to find a way to keep him. You know, Pittsburgh could have some really interesting decisions at defensive back for those final spots between Norwood and Riley. And, you know, Sullivan's a more proven, established veteran type of guy. Um, There could be some really interesting uh, decisions to be had. All right. Who's healthy back there right now at that safety position? It's Kenny Robinson. It's Mm -hmm. uh, Trenton Thompson, who's only just been there a couple of days. And I guess uh, um, uh, Norwood Norwood and what what about Killebrew? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's been out there safety. He was good in run session. I mean, it's hard to judge a safety in run session when you can't hit, but he was filling the alley well. And had there been tackling, he would have laid out McFarlane a time or two. So those are basically the four safeties. And and then Riley may be getting some there. I haven't seen it really enough. Um, and then Peterson can play there, and he's gotten a couple of reps there, not today with a day off, but he's an option as well. Um, so there's been, I guess, enough people back there, and we'll just see on, you know, Casey seems minor. Neil seems okay. I don't know what the ailment is, but he didn't look, you know, like worse. Uh, what's the phrase? Uh, worse for wear today. And then Minka, you know, I don't know what his status is, but he's healthy, obviously. So hopefully things will uh, shore up here within a week. All right. Uh, if you're going to, pre- they got to make a safety move tomorrow, right? You would think if, if, I mean, if, yeah. if, if Neil's not going to practice. I don't know. I don't know if you have to. I mean, you could, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least, but you have four healthy guys plus Riley plus Peterson. I think you can get through a practice that way. Okay. All right. What well, would be something to watch there? Anything on special teams or anything? I, I know you got your uh, <laughs> Danny Smith picture in today. 
Of course, got to love Danny Smith. Um, no, I thought they were going to do some punting. They weren't just some simulated stuff, some gunner work. Akeem Butler's working at gunner a little bit. You may see that in the preseason. Don't know how well it's going to go, but they might try it. Same with Trent Thompson, Chris Wilcox. Thought James Pierre had a good block on a on a vice. It was him and somebody else on a double vice that really kind of swallowed up Chris Wilcox on on one play there, one rep. But um, you know, obviously they're going to rotate a bunch of these guys in um, in in return game and in you know coverage uh, team. All right, for the next 30 minutes, let's talk about the long snapper battle. Yes, Rex Sunahara, <laughs> gather around, everybody. No, um, no, no, no. Take <laughs> us through uh, seven shots real quick. Yeah, I feel like I've already mentioned half of the whole seven shots here, but uh, yeah, defense dominated. I mean, they've been the defense has been winning the last two days in practice pretty, pretty handily. They won uh, seven shots, six to one today. First play, Alex Highsmith batting down a picket pass to the left. Really, the, the, the defensive line has been super uh, active at the line of scrimmage. This year, second one was a nice play by by Pickett, probably his best play of the day. The, the hitch and climb, roll to his left, and then find Pickens for a touchdown. Third one, uh, Norwood had the break uh, break up on the Frymuth stick out route. Fourth one was actually Chris Wilcox breaking up a slant to Calvin Austin. Good job by Wilcox. Don't talk about him a whole lot. Fifth one was that log from Trubisky, kind of back line of the end zone, or it was actually to Marcus Bradley, not Fitzpatrick, and then Robinson leapt and helped break it up and apparently was flagged for taunting afterwards. The sixth one was, I couldn't really see what happened. It was a pass thrown to the left. I think the ball got tipped, but it was incomplete. And then the last rep was, I have Trubisky throwing a little, a little bit behind Hakeem Butler. It did clip off his hand, but he had, he had to reach back for it. It should have been in front and would have been a catch. And so I have, this is kind of a poor throw by Trubisky and that's how the defense wins six to one. All right. Uh, Best thing you saw today? I think I'm going to talk about this. Uh, talk about this for my terrible take. What I saw and again. Anytime you ask me that, I'm going to try to find the most obscure thing I can give you because I could just answer Joey Porter Jr. and everybody would be like, "Yeah, that's an obvious one." After Hakeem Butler dropped that pass in seven on seven, he's walking back, and Mike Tomlin's yelling out the phrase we've all heard before: "Routine plays routinely." And he's kind of you know saying that a couple times. Butler's out of the the play they're standing on the sidelines. And then I hear Tomlin talking to Deontay Johnson and kind of saying the same stuff. And I think he's swearing a couple of times words that I won't repeat here, not angry at Deontay, but emphasizing about the need to make these routine plays. And I'm kind of sitting there going, why is Tomlin telling Deontay this? Deontay didn't do anything. He's not practicing today. And then I'm watching it. And then I see Deontay walk over to, to Hakeem Butler right after Tomlin talks with him. And it appears he's kind of relaying the message to Hakeem Butler, then kind of dapped him up and basically saying, you know, hey, it's okay. We'll get it next time. But I think the calculation from Tomlin was, A, I'll say it myself to Butler out loud, the coach to player, and then I'm going to tell Deontay about it some more. And so Deontay can deliver that message from a player perspective, player to player. So I thought that was kind of an interesting way, some of that leadership from Tomlin and then having players kind of not police, but lead and coach and talk about uh, some some things to uh, to Hakeem Butler. So that was kind of an interesting, just that little nugget about what makes Mike Tomlin Mike Tomlin. It'd be easy for a coach just to yell at Hakeem Butler and get in his face, but go tell Deontay. And so Deontay can 
a get that message and then b relay that message to a teammate i thought that was a uh, pretty interesting all right that's uh that's a good take i, I like it there all right uh, anything else to add we're about seven minutes away from kickoff from the hall of fame game uh i think this is the first time in a while we're at we'll actually be off the podcast uh when when the hall of fame game starts there so uh any 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 final thoughts on before we get out of here you'll be out obviously at uh, uh latrobe memorial stadium on friday night for friday night lights there will be no special edition of the terrible podcast friday night because alex will be home so late and having to do his uh uh recap so obviously we will have the morning edition friday morning edition of the terrible podcast no friday night special edition but we'll be back on saturday night with the next special edition i guess that will be after the ninth practice that this team has had right Yep, we're halfway home of that uh, three of six straight practices, and you already have the betting line on the Jets-Browns game. So welcome back to football. Yeah, yeah. Look, don't be a degenerate like uh, <laughs> like Uncle Dave, but uh, Jets minus one and a half uh, tonight. Uh, there you go. All right. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show. The terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, steedersdepot.com, hit the donate button upright navigational bar. And also, if you like an ad free version of the site, steedersdepot.com, uh, upright navigational bar. Get by steedersdepot.com tonight and read the uh, full recap uh, training camp diary from Thursday by the one and only Alex Kazora. And until. Friday morning, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. 